when you're trying to pick up a chick, just go with the hello. Don't come up with some weird pickup lines. No, no, uh, no, Miles Morales saying hey. Hey. <laughs> I mean, you can say hey, just don't be like weird about it. Yeah. Be like, sup. 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 How you doing? Name's Brandon. Why would you use my name? That's weird. <laughs> don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> Uh, you got any other pro tips? Um, no, that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> How are the pro tips then? <laughs> I got up and pro with that one part. <laughs> yeah, it's all just 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 improvised. Yeah. <laughs> After that, you just figure it out. <laughs> figure my intentions out. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. With the go with the way of water. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you must be swift as a coursing river. <laughs> I think I went for a different reference. You were... Yeah, I know I'm spiraling the reference out from what we're trying to actually talk about here. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of. Yes. Anyways, welcome to Cashers and Critics, the best fucking podcast on the network. What network? <laughs> Done network. Done network. <laughs> Done network. Well, I don't know which network. And, uh, Spotify. Best fucking podcast on Spotify. Uh, don't at me. Okay, well. I mean, there is a little bias aside, but, you know, fuck it. Okay, well, we'll have to fight everyone else, I guess. Yeah, it's... pretty much. I hear You hear that, Joe Rogan? I'm coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he hears us. <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> you hear that? Uh, fucking uh, call me daddy. What? <laughs> call me daddy. Uh, no, I will not. No, <laughs> the, the podcast. No, I, call me daddy. Never heard of it. Well, they're very popular. Clearly not. I've never heard of them. So. Well, yeah, they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works, right? <laughs> They're so great. I, go, I never heard of them. <laughs> Listen to podcasts a lot more. That's a classic. If this guy's so great, why is he dead? You know? Like... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Anyways, we are talking about. Um, I-, I like to say it's. Well, it is actually. It's the most successful film of all time. Technically, most second most successful film, accounting for inflation. Oh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind is technically the most successful film. Yeah. But to give us the Avatar's credit, Gone with the Wind was from a time when there was like not many films being made a year. Yeah, it's true. It's like at a time when they were making like hundreds of films a year across the world. Yeah. So that is very true. But it's still, yeah, it's still extremely successful. Extremely, if not like the like that is the most successful in modern times. It's arguably one of the most financially successful directors of all time. Yeah, James Cameron. Cameron, yeah, <laughs> yeah, James Cameron, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, Avatar, two thousand nine's banger. Um, I, I still kind of find it surprising how, like, it's still the number one uh, highest grossing film. And it did that not by how I like to say most movies now are making their money. This was, like, pure, like, 
word of mouth way that they achieved this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's like put put yourself in 2009 aspect, right? Like this is a holiday film for 2009. Um, a lot of movies back then weren't really making that type of money that nowadays like these movies make. You know, I I could say like what 2009, any other movie that could have been like financially successful. Or had like some reason to be financially successful, because I I only think about like two thousand seven with like Spider Man three. I know that was insanely successful. Uh, what came out two thousand nine? You could say Harry Potter, like Goblet of Fire, not Goblet oh, of yeah. Fire, uh, Order of the Phoenix came around that time. What came out two thousand nine? Avatar. Uh, I think the Lovely Bones was popular at the time just because of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. a Tarantino film. Serious Man was not a successful film. Mm-hmm. Twenty twelve was sort of successful. That came in two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah, Hangover. Okay, that's <laughs> that's another big one. Yeah, <laughs> District Nine. There you go. That's another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Fucking Bruno. <laughs> Because of the Sasha Barra Cohen mm-hmm. craze at the time. <laughs> Human Centipede, that was not popular, but. That was 2009 as well. Jesus Christ. That was not popular, but it was a well known film. For yeah, it's a cult film. Watchmen. No. Oh, a shameless plug to our yeah. 2009 <laughs> to our Watchmen review. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of them are just kind of like films which people know. But I don't think we're like super successful, like 500 Days of Summer, Jennifer's Body. Yeah, that was 2009. Medea goes to jail. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> X Men Origins. Wolverine came yeah. in 2009 as well. Yeah, I think that was that Dragon Ball that. Evolution also came <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that came around that time, yeah. God, what a year. Yeah. Strange year. Transformers 2. That was probably successful. Yeah. Okay. That was like, I guess, the closest that's the closest that you could see being successful. That's the closest type of film I see to this. There was a lot of films. That was either Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. one. Mm. So, I don't know. There's a lot of... Up? Up came out there? Really? Yeah. It, it, it come okay. Up well, there you go. That's another big one. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. There's still some decently well-known films that year yeah so i wouldn't say there's like no films but i don't think that it it does like the fact that avatar became the highest grossing film of all time considering the year it was uh being released that wasn't it wasn't known for doing stuff like that like no movie hit that type of level no and it gradually happened and they didn't have like a Huge two hundred million at the box office type of thing, you know. It just gradually just stayed in theaters and it never left. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing when you think about it because, like, rewatching the film is just like it sort of makes you like. Not to sound like I'm knocking the film, but it's like, why did this film achieve so much success over like all these other films, right? Like, yeah, what made this such like a like a hit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's also like it's weird because like when you talk about like classic films, like I don't think Avatar really gets brought up ever because it's 
I don't know, like, honestly, it's it's not <laughs> it's like a classic film. Yeah. In a way, it is a James Cameron film, but like, as we're probably going to say throughout this review, it's very similar to a lot of films that came before, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I feel like uh, Avatar kind of was in the pop culture sphere after it came out for, like, a little bit, but it, like, phased out, like, completely coming into, like, 2011. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like... It's just like the cultural impact of this film is like almost non-existent in the way. Yeah. It's like, it's a film where you like talk about it and like people like have seen it, but they're not like, it never gets really brought up. Yeah. You're not like, oh, my favorite films like fucking Avatar. Avatar. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, I've seen the film like it's entertaining. At the yeah. Time. I don't know. I think it was more just the... um at least for me, what I think I got the word of mouth was like the uh, the biggest strength of the film and a lot of James Cameron films is the visual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that was probably what drew me in the theaters because it was a big... I think we talked about this before. This was like... It, this came out in uh, 3D, mm-hmm. which before that, a lot of 3D films were... Gimmicky. Gimmicky or and or bad or both so like yeah oh yeah both like i can't remember a th- i think the only 3d film i actually saw in the theater before that was like fucking the remake of my bloody valentine mm. which was not a good movie and also once again the 3d was super gimmicky where they like shoot like a bullet directly at your face or like they got people yeah. rushing at the screen i mean before avatar i can think about like uh Close to my bloody Valentine, uh, it was uh, Duh Final Destination. Duh Final Destination. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to call it 4 for some reason, but uh, it's Final Destination 4, and I was the only one that they... Oh, actually, I lie. They made it the fifth one 3D, but the, they really went for the gimmick in the fourth one. Yeah, no, it's like... Uh, I don't know. I think that's probably what got people in the theaters was just like people talking amazingly about like the visual aspect of it like oh you got to go see it in the theater like you see it at home it's not going to do it justice and i'd agree with that like re-watching it now in like just on a regular <laughs> tv yeah which a little outdated tv but still like not like an old old tv no no, no, no. like it, the tv came out pretty much after avatar so yeah it's, you're, you're looking at like a 2011 2012 yeah it's like 10 years it. old so it's like it doesn't have the same impact like it just i remember watching this in the theater and like the 3d itself felt really immersive which i guess is what he was james cameron was going for in this film because yeah. it's like you really felt like the visual effects weren't like gimmicky or anything they felt yeah. like actually necessary like and and kudos to cameron because uh if i'm not sure if you ever watch any like behind the scenes i i was watching like behind the scenes for titanic right by the way that's pretty much a movie that we're gonna discuss one one of these days but um he was so detailed in getting stuff right and not a lot of directors first of all a lot of directors don't have that type of resources that fucking james cameron has well, I mean, I think, like, I was reading the behind the scenes. He came up with the concept for this in, like, the mid-90s. It's just the technology to 
to do the things he wanted just didn't exist at the time. So yeah. he had to wait literally 10 years before he could even start working on the film. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the craft that I, I can appreciate from James Cameron is that like the work he puts in for like small detail stuff. Like he grabs every detail that he wants in and out of his film. And not a lot of directors can do that. We even had the energy to want to do shit like that, you know? A lot of directors like bag it and go, you know? All like, oh, this is not working out? Cool, we're gonna do it this way. Like, no, James Cameron's that type of director is like, no, if it doesn't go my way, then we're not doing it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, I don't know, he, from what I've heard, he's very strict on the set. He's yeah. almost like a, a less asshole-ish Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, and less like chaotic Stanley Kubrick because Kubrick's been known to like just change things on the fly. Yeah, he's not like, but James Cameron is very well. His everything he does is very well thought out and very well planned. Yeah, and it shows in his films. They, they're all like we said, at least from visual standpoint, cinematography standpoint, like every sort of like technical aspect, it's very well crafted. Yeah, like, so it's like. So kudos to him. Like, I don't know. He's, uh, he's, he's good at what he, he does. So, yeah. And I felt like because of that, like the success that this movie had, it kind of created this new trend where like it started like evaporating the old, like gimmicky 3d movies to like everything now has to be converted to 3d because apparently that sells. They think that that was the selling point in most films. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I could name dozens of people where I talk about their theater experiences and they hate 3D. No, I'm one of those people now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it, it was like after this movie came out and don't get me wrong. The 3D was good in this film, as I said, but it, like it was very, you could very quickly notice in the coming years, like, Every like blockbuster film was 3D. Like every summer blockbuster was like offered in 3D, and like sometimes you couldn't even go see a regular showing. You had to see it in 3D. Yeah, and I just like just got tired of it, and like yeah, 100%. like like I like James Cameron made this film specifically to be shown that way. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, it just felt like tacked on. Like, yeah, because they 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 post they converted to three D after they finished the film. Yeah, it's not like with the intention. Like they don't design certain things in the film with the intention of it being three D. They just yeah. like yeah. And then now it's like if I can get a non three D showing, I'll go see it. Like I don't want to see it in three D if yeah. I can help it. Uh I mean, I haven't been to the theaters recently. So this is after uh, Avatar 2 is already out now in theaters. So I don't know if moving forward from how Avatar 2 goes, that like this fucking wave of 3D is going to come back. I hope it doesn't. Because no. I know after like a couple of years with uh, when the 3D craze died out finally, we were just getting like great IMAX focus films that didn't require freaking 3D. It just became like everything got converted to IMAX, which I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah, it's, it's fine to have like a high quality like film, like visually speaking, but it doesn't need to be like in 3D. Yeah. 
you can just make a good looking film and not have it be 3D. Like, yeah. So, uh, you know what? Speaking of that, I just said that like IMAX uh, conversions were totally okay with me, but I want to know about you if that bothers you. I'm not sure you've ever seen, like, for example, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises. I can't remember. Okay, because in... there's some scenes where it's shot, like, in, like, just film cameras. And then you see how, like, in some scenes it's expanded to IMAX cameras. Yeah. I so it's kind of jarring sometimes when you see them, like, like the format changing throughout the film. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember, honestly. Especially, like, I did see that in theaters, I'm fairly certain. But I can't remember... Like what it was like. Like I know Avengers was like entirely shot in IMAX cameras, because the yeah, it's just like the way it's shot, like format wise, it's it's big as fuck. Yeah, I remember IMAX used to also be a gimmick back in the day. Like I remember I used to go um, down to the this place called the Ontario Science Center. I used to go see the films there. Mm-hmm. And the, like, the, you ever been seen one of those films yeah. there where it's like that big ass like dome you're in? Yeah, and it's pretty cool. But like, all the films are like obviously science documentary. Yeah, exactly. Which obviously visually looked very nice, but it's just like, yep, these old science documentaries. Yeah, that's kind of what like IMAX was like originally got relegated to was just a bunch of like documentaries, right? Yeah, to so show the immersiveness of nature. Well, I mean, it's also, yeah, it's just easier to film because it's like you just film what's happening rather than like having to plan things out. Right. And like Mm -hmm. if things go wrong, then it's just like you have to redo it in the same format, which like back in the day, they had like the big bulky ass cameras they had to carry around for IMAX. Yeah. So instead of like doing multiple takes, it's just like, yeah, we just filmed a bunch of footage and then we edited what we wanted. Yeah. So, but it's improved over the years, but the, in terms of converting things, I don't really have that much of a problem with it, honestly. It's fine. Like, once again, I don't particularly care. I'm just a cheap person. I go to whatever the cheaper option is for the movie theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like even just, like, standard film is <clears throat> a good enough experience most of the time. Oh, yeah, no, I... I, uh, depending on what film I watch, like, I definitely want to see it in a higher format. Seen it in the 4D, yeah. Yeah, 4D, right? No, I don't want, like, the movable sh- chairs. Like, that's a little bit too much for me because I don't like to be annoyed. <laughs> but, like, if something is, like, if I'm watching, I don't know, freaking Avengers the King Dynasty whenever it comes out, right? Like, I'm watching that shit in IMAX 100%. Yeah. Because sometimes viewing changes things. Yeah, that's true. And, like, again, like, I guess that brings up with Avatar. When I first watched Avatar, you know, you're so immersive to the visual effects that you think it's freaking wonderful. Now, you now like, 10 years later, when I'm trying to watch this film, it doesn't hit the same way as it once did when you first saw it. And I think maybe that could be the intention Cameron was going for, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of, yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, if you make it like a comparison to something that's changed rapidly over our lifetimes, there's a graphics in video games, right? Mm. Like, if you remember seeing like the PlayStation 2 graphics, you're like, oh my God. 
these graphics are so amazing. Like I've never seen, they'll never make anything better. And then like you look back and you're like, yeah, it's just so dated looking. Like, yeah, like it's very obvious. It's like from a certain era, but mm-hmm. it's just like things just don't have the same impact as like technology's improved over time. Yeah. I, I, but I feel like that creates like also like this issue where people start appreciating uh, the visual effects more than the story itself. Yeah. Or, or just game, like, I guess for, for video games is a little bit different, right? Because I think like, if you're playing a video game, what people should be looking for is gameplay. First of all, that's like the most important aspect of the thing. But somehow, sometimes it doesn't turn out to be like that. Nobody cares about gameplay, apparently. They just care about, oh, God, like, the graphics are so good, you know. And I come from, I I play sports games, which is like, in, in the video game world, that's like the worst thing ever. Because they make sports games literally year on year. Yeah, I was gonna be like, who is? I was talking to a coworker who was on here actually, Baggio, mm-hmm. about like, oh, it's like I got a PlayStation Five or something. Oh, it's like, oh, you're gonna get a two K. I'm like, why the hell would I get two K? Like, it's literally been the same thing for like the past like ten years. <laughs> I was like, oh, you gotta get the updated rosters. I'm like, but it's the same game. Like, it hasn't changed. Yeah. Like, it's it's the same exact gameplay. It just like, I mean, nah. I, uh, it's different gameplay. It's not so wildly different. No, it's not wildly different. But if you are a fan of the of the games, you can notice how the like. If you are a fan and you play these games on a year on year end, you can notice the differences in mechanics wise. But to the public eye, it doesn't look any different. <laughs> yeah, it's still like they're still playing basketball or soccer or whatever, right? It's like yeah. The, the actual game hasn't changed like no no not really in hell they even gotten worse because they got lazier with other stuff throughout the years and it's like how like like how could you guys get lazier but you got to think about like the the time they had to start production and games like they release one and then they have to go jump onto the next one the next year yeah i understand why it's like that but I'm like doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, yeah, it's the sort of things get oversaturated over time. Right. This is what we're talking about with, uh, with 3d 3d. And then I guess the most recent, uh, the sequel of this, that came out way of water, which still did extreme is still doing extremely well, but Oh dude, it's like top 10 highest. I think they said it's top seven grossing film of all time at the moment. It's fucking ridiculous how, again, like, this movie came out in 2009, and to now you're in 2022, where everybody was just joking about this film prior to be like, oh, this film is never gonna come out. Oh, this is, like, who cares about Avatar? Clearly people do. (laughs) Yeah, and it's weird to think because even though we're talking about how this film, like, doesn't really have a cultural impact outside of like visual effects right and clear i don't know like if i haven't seen the film i don't know what the visual effects are like obviously they're going to be good but like are they that much better like in comparison to like 2009 avatar versus everything else as like 2022 avatar versus everything else at the time you know what i'll I'll say this though because uh uh well 
nowadays i feel like I'll, like the the movies that are running the visual effects like industry are these marvel movies or superhero movies in yeah. general right and i'm not sure you know but like the visual effects companies are getting like fucking annoyed with like disney nowadays no i didn't know that yeah they're not like cuz disney has them working like end on end working on different projects and they're getting burnt out. Yeah. They're doing like multiple films every year and doing TV series now. Yeah. And it's just like, no, it's like noted that there, there are complaints from like ex employees saying that they don't get paid enough. Uh, the work schedule, the resume is too much for them. Yeah. And, I mean, shout outs to anybody who ever works in visual effects. I don't know personally how that works, but I mean, I can I can understand that is so much work to get so much detail, and the fact that like a multi billionaire company is trying to tell you, no, you need to get this done at this certain time. Oh, guess what? We need to do reshoots now. Now your guys are back again, and but you guys are already probably moving on to the next project. Yeah, and especially those films which are so heavy individual effects it's like it's ridiculous right? yeah so you, i've noticed like the decrease in visual effects at, specifically for marvel films too i'm not sure if you noticed recently like the, the how like the visual effects have really dropped yeah i'm trying to think i mean the last marvel film i saw was um dr strange dr strange but the visual effects in that are always going to be like probably very strong just because that's part of the world. But like before that was um, Spider-Man. Mm. Uh, no way home. No way home. I was going to, I don't know how to mix them up. Just stop putting home in every name. It's confusing. <laughs> Homecoming, far from home, no way home. Like just, just that's I, a gimmick. <laughs> like stop. You're getting me confused. I'm getting old. <laughs> But, like, the visual effects, I mean, like, yeah, they were good, but you're right. It's just, like, in terms... I think they were subpar, to be honest. I mean, they're good in the sense of, like, overall, they're good. But in terms of, like, everything else, it's, like, they've gone... Yeah, they probably have just gotten worse, or they've gotten so, like, samey from, like, the same 10 years ago, like, like Iron Man era. Yeah. They haven't... They, they just haven't improved, like... Yeah. Like they haven't done anything new or different, right? Yeah. It's like, like I said, the only thing was Doctor Strange, but that's more due to the like the visual set pieces rather well, than even the- in Doctor Strange, there's some like bad aspects of it, and I, I, I guess no movie's perfect, but like, you know, like even like watching Thor: Love and Thunder, there's like this scene where people are making fun of, like it's literally a floating head. And it looks like so bad. It looks like PS2 graphics. Maybe that's maybe that's the the alien. Yeah, and then like when they released it on Disney Plus, they fucking edited it. <laughs> like you know, it's bad when like the company's looking at this and be like, "Shit, that was bad." Let's just go back and like make it make it again. Yeah, but still, once again, in like going back to comparison, com- compare comparing it to everything else. Comparison everything else at the time i still think it's like even with the decrease or like not the decrease in like quality of effects but not like any noticeable increase in quality Mm -hmm. i feel like avatar nowadays is still like 
not like as much of a gap between visual effects of like 2009 movies. Like even going 2009, what did they, what was one of the films that said fucking Wolverine origins? Like, Oh God, you want to talk about bats, like visual effects. That was like one of them. Like that was a blockbuster film or supposed to be a blockbuster film at the time. You know, it was the worst. That film has ruined me because, um, well, back in the days, not to, uh, expose myself but like my uh, family would love to take me to a certain mall to uh purchase pirated films now i'm a kid i don't really did you get the version that had no special effects yes yes oh my god dude it was I remember, I remember that controversy where they got the boot, the bootleg early copies, and there was like no visual effects. It was so fucking so bad. You see this man like awkwardly punching at the air, and the people are like, "Oh!" <laughs> and it's like, "Huh?" Yeah, or like you see the strings <laughs> still there. Like when, like one of the guy, like one of the his name is Agent X. I think he does like a fucking forward flip around. And it makes no sense how somebody can do that, but you can see the strings still on there. <laughs> the adamantium cloth was so well. I mean, even in the finished product, it's really bad too. Yeah, I mean, the effects <laughs> aren't like great. They're they're like a product of like two thousands, like superhero films. Still, yeah. But the, like the final battle with fucking fake Deadpool. Oh my god, it's the worst thing you've ever seen, man. Like, look, his eyes are still bright red. I'm not ta- I'm not talking about like like the Santa hat that you have here. It's like bright red and it's still there. Like you don't even see his retina or his eyes. It's just a blank of red there. Like what is going on with the fucking special effects? And then it, it, it's Sabretooth is like running around and it's going on to like a computer animated effect that is like not rendered at all. And it's just like <laughs> moving. <laughs> it's like I'm looking at the computer to monitor when they're actually making it. It's so bad. Yeah. But even like looking at the finished product, like you're looking at things like even just like the movement of characters where you got like Sabretooth like leaping, mm-hmm. like crouching tiger hidden dragon style like flying through the air mm-hmm. and it's just like bro and then you look at a film like avatar at the time it's like a world of difference like yeah like yeah you look at avatar now and you can obviously tell stuff cgi but it's still like no it still they, looks they, good they, they, uh, like if people actually thought they went to a different planet i'll, I'll laugh <laughs> yeah but it's like looking at that and then looking at like what I just said, like Wolverine origins, it's like, yeah, there's no comparison. Yeah. But it's like, once again, I never saw the way of water, so I can't fully comment on it, but in comparison to like a Marvel film, are the effects maybe not as great? Yeah. But like, is there that such a stark difference? Like not, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, that's something for people. I don't know. Do you know anybody who's watched Aperdor too? Uh, I only know like one friend has watched it. John. John, yeah, John is the only one that I know has watched yeah, it. Our frequent guest, John. He's yeah. the only one watching. Wasn't a fan of it. But then again, he's not a fan of this movie either. So shout outs to John. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, no, I don't know anyone else who's watched it. And so uh, once again, if anyone is a uh, watcher, you can. Maybe, maybe just uh, think about that. Just, yeah. Come up to us and be like, Hey, 
Don't talk shit about Avatar 2, okay? <laughs> the visual effects were phenomenal, and I'd be like, great. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. <laughs> I don't think there's any, like, I've never met, like, an Avatar stand in my life. <laughs> no one's out here, like, standing for Avatar. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be standing for James Cameron. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone's standing for James Cameron either. Wow. Why not, man? Terminator 2? Or maybe they are after he, like, blew off those guys for not signing his autograph. <laughs> that happened. Yeah, there's like some um there's some people in the industry who are sort of like they're annoying. They just go up to like directors and shit with like merchandise and get it like to resign and then just use it to resell. Oh. Uh, so like there was a bunch of them like waiting for him outside and he just like left and then he like flipped them off. And wow. then and then they were like, boo. <laughs> and then he came up with some insult, which was like so stupid. But I'm like, why do I? You're just a jerk, right? <laughs> I don't like resellers. I don't like scalpers. Like, yeah, they're just like annoying. They're just like, but yeah, there was like a clip of that. And people and like Reddit and shit were like, yeah, why would James Cameron have to give you anything? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, just a side rant. Like, I don't think anyone has this problem who listens to us, but like celebrities don't owe you anything. Like, they fucking meant to that. Like, no one owes you their time just because they're famous. Like, there's always the people who are like, oh, well, if they're famous, they got to expect some level of like people. Like, yeah, I guess, but like within reason, like, you see them out with like their kid. Like, yeah, at the don't restaurant. Approach, don't approach them at the restaurant. If you see them at like. <laughs> Like, they're outside a movie showing, yeah, of course they're going to expect people are going to come up to them, talk to them. Yeah, if you're, like, rolling up on the red carpet, I mean, that's what they're usually there for. It's a publicity movement, you know? They're expecting to sign autographs, to take, like, photographs with people. That's literally what red carpets are for. But, like, if you're going to approach a fucking celebrity, like, when they're walking around the streets, you know, if you're going to do that, be this, be respectful, you know? Yeah. I you don't have to shove them, like, a, a, a piece of paper and be like, sign it, sign it, sign it. It's like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. He's like, yeah, bro, I'm just, I'm just trying to go to, like, Starbucks or some shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm trying alone. to get a coffee, dog. Like, and I don't know, I guess, like, on a, on a side note, I don't really have an issue with being celebrities. I just think that uh, that's kind of uh, I don't know. I've it, it never really shocks me. Like, there's only like two celebrities. Maybe I might like you go up to in like the street and be like, "Hey, you know, can we take a picture or something?" Yeah, like, but it's like really small. You know, I gotta think like Jay Z's the only one I would probably stand for. Like crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's you like know, that time Drake came to our store. Yeah, you see, I, Drake is not one of those guys I would stand for, actually. I, I personally wouldn't care if I see Drake or not. Well, I was there with all his bodyguards anyway, so. Yeah. I, I mean, like, how we have a, a basketball player show up at our store. Basketball player. Apparently, Prince used to show up at the store. Oh, yeah, apparently. Yeah, that was during uh, the first day of COVID, like, first night of COVID. And, yeah, bas- a very famous basketball player for the Raptors was there. And like everybody was freaking out, like customers are freaking out. Uh, some people in the night crew from our store are like freaking out, and it's like, okay, like you know, like I'm not gonna go crazy. I see the person, I'm like, I waved, and that was it. That's literally my 
story of meeting that basketball player, I waved, called it a day. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same for me. It's like if I saw someone who is like famous and I know and it's like say they're in like a band or something that I like, I'd just be like, hey, man, I like your music. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. And that's like the extent of what I would say. Like, I don't know this person like personally, like all I know is their music. Right. Like, yeah. And I'd just say like, yeah, your music's good. Like, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, oh, excuse me, sir. Can you uh, please sign my uh, my 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 nipples? I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) 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 Yes, that's what we need to do. (laughs) Don't go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't lead with that one. Top ten ways to get to get the cops called on you. Go on the side of my nipples. Not your tit. Your nipples. I want it smaller. I want it detailed. Oh, okay. Are you guys? We're getting really sidetracked. And we're back here. We're back at Avatar. Yeah, but I mean, uh, basically, I think the strongest suit of this, once again, we said was the visual aspect of it. Yeah. Like, we did mention some other things. Like, I think you mentioned the soundtrack is very good. Oh, yeah. Fucking R.I.P. to James Horner, by the way, man. That guy's a fucking class act. Yeah. He did, uh, obviously, he's worked on Titanic. Uh, I can't, oh my God, I would love to fucking go over to James Horner's stuff. I know, personally, he did, uh, What's it called? The Amazing Spider-Man uh, soundtrack score. And um, honestly, that's such an underrated score. Like, nobody ever talks about Amazing Spider-Man score. But it's so good. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, really? only thing I ever remember from the soundtrack of those <laughs> films was the second one where... Electra is like the dubstep. Yeah, that wasn't James Horner at all. That was yeah. Hans Zimmer and like Junkie XL and like Pharrell Williams. Like really odd pairing. Yeah, the song was not good. Yeah, no, no, no. Honestly, screw Amazing Spider-Man 2 score. Because honestly, the first Amazing Spider-Man score was phenomenal. And I hate that. Like, it's... it's uh, Amazing Spider-Man is a great film, but it's uh, unfortunately, it's not it's talked about. That whole series was never talked about, and it's unfortunate because I really think that that uh, that film was incriminally underrated. Amazing Spider-Man. <clears throat> yeah, it's criminally underrated. I don't know if I'd agree with that personally, but I, I think I think Spider-Man One is overrated. That like might, Toby, that might be true. Yeah, it's insanely overrated. Yeah, I mean, some people have nostalgia glasses for it, but yeah. That's that's the issue though. Nobody nobody's as nostalgic about 2011 Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, some people are. Some people were younger when that film came out, younger than us, mm. so they have nostalgia for it. Or they just grew up with Toby. Oops. Yeah. Or some people grew up with Andrew Garfield. So yeah, that's their nostalgia glasses was uh, for Amazing well, Spider-Man. There's like a three year span from there <laughs> because, yeah, that's the thing with uh, Toby's movies. Like at least there's like a five year span. Wow. Like the Amazing Spider-Man is like literally a three year span. 
That series died so easily. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was not that good. No. But, uh, like, uh, I'm going back to checking James Horner because uh, I feel like it's criminally underrated not to talk about him. Oh, while you're doing that, just a bit of trivia I was reading was uh, this guy apparently said this was, like, the hardest soundtrack for him to make. He spent, he said he spent half a year doing it every day from, like, 4 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. Working on the fucking soundtrack. I can imagine that. I think he even, yeah, I was saying at some point, I was just watching a scene and like, bro, this music's so fucking epic right now. Like, yeah, like it just came out of nowhere almost. Yeah. Uh, well, here's a couple of movies where he's done. He's done Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> really? The, the Land Before Time. Oh, God. Aliens. The Land Before Time. An American Tale. Casper. Braveheart. Jumanji. Legends of the Fall. That's the only film you said that I didn't know what they were. The Mask of Zorro. The, I already said Titanic. Did I say Titanic? Yeah, I said Titanic. A Beautiful Mind. Uh, Apocalypto. The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. That's sad. The Karate Kid. Yeah, I already mentioned Amazing Spider-Man. Nah, man. He's... He's... He's goaded. Yeah, no, he's... That's uh, quite a list of films. Those are all most of those films I've actually heard of. So yeah, no, he's got it. Like James Horner is like up there, man. Oh, all right, to James Horner, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about um, the visual effects. The visual. We're talking about the strong suits of the film. I, I guess we'll get into the. I guess what many consider to be the weaker points of the film, yeah. which is the actual plot of the film. <laughs> the plot of the film. <laughs> the actual plot of the film, which we talked about, like, games having gameplay and, like, <laughs> in this case, is films having plot, you know? Yeah. I think if the difference is with a game and a film, like, you can get away with not great plot. Yeah. In a film or as a game, you can't really get away with bad gameplay because you actually have to like play the game yourself. Yeah. You can get away with bad plot though. Yeah. You can get away with bad plot. I think we mentioned that in our sort of uh action movie thing where it's like you're not going there specifically for a plot. You know what you're going for. Yeah. You're going for the visual experience, like yeah. the spectacle. I mean, have a have a great plot then, sure. That's like, like I mean, yeah. cherry on top of a Sunday. Yeah, I'm not going to go into the action film and be like, I hope the plot shit. Like, yeah. like if it has a good plot, cool. But if it, it doesn't, then I'm not going to be disappointed. Yeah. Which is much. sort of like these kinds of films. It's like um, a lot of people call them like popcorn films, which they're just generally speaking, entertaining films where you watch at the time. It's enjoyable. And then after you just kind of like forget about it. Yeah, which nice. Marvel has now filled that role. Yeah, they, super, well, superhero, superhero films in general. They've just filled the role of you go see the film with some friends, you know, you enjoy it, you talk about it a little bit, and then you just like move on with your life. Yeah. It's not like something you're like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta talk about this. Like, I gotta think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's become like that. If you come like that for like, it, the thing with those superhero movies is that you get like divided crowds. You get, <clears throat> you get like the three divided crowds now. You get superhero stands that want to show up there because I don't know, like the latest Ant-Man movie now, it's going to have MODOK. So they want to see MODOK in, in live action because, you know, fucking MODOK is awesome. 
Yeah, meanwhile, general public doesn't know who the fuck Modoc is. Exactly. So then there's the superhero stands that are gonna go crazy to see Kang, the Conqueror, or like Modoc. And then you're gonna have the MCU followers. So these generic like not I'm gonna call it generic fans, but they've watched every movie up till now. You know, they kind of just want to see what to expect, you know? Like, superhero stands are going to be like, oh, this is probably going to happen, or this is going to happen. I kind of fall in between the lines of superhero stands and, like, the MCU lover, because I've been so committed to this goddamn thing that I'm like, I'm going to watch whatever movie fucking Marvel puts out, because they got me already. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I'm now with the whole, you know, sunk cost fallacy, where it's like, you know, I got to be getting better eventually, right? I've been watching it this long, you know? Yeah, exactly. I can't get any worse, you know? Exactly. They got me. That right? was me watching fucking Naruto for literally, like, 10 years of my life. <laughs> like, I'm like, I got to finish it, you know? I People are like, you realize you could stop. You're like, no, I can't. Yeah, it's like, like stopping just... One Piece, right? You can't tell One Piece fans to stop. They, they've already committed. They've bought manga chapters. Uh, <laughs> They've read every manga chapter. They've got volumes at home. It's gotten to the point in One Piece where it's just like, I've literally, I just watch, like, I wait a whole year for the show to run. Then I catch up to it. And then I wait another year to rewatch, like, <laughs> 40 episodes in a row or whatever it is. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm like, unless they say it's over, like, I know it's not going to be done. Like, yeah, it's which true. I think they're actually ending the series Within the next several years. So, several years, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, the arc they're in is called the final arc, quote unquote. But like, who fucking knows how long that oh, yeah, is going to exactly. take? My hero is doing the same thing during the final arcs too. But who knows? Attack on Titan fucking did that. Like, they made the final season, then final season part two. And then now <laughs> they're making final season the finale for real like i don't fucking know <laughs> which is literally the last four chapters of the fucking manga i'm like why even bother like yeah just, honestly just release the episode you fucks like yeah yeah uh fucking um and then so there's the superhero stands the mcu worshipers and then there's just the generic people who you know if it's on it's on they'll watch it yeah, they're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I just want to go see a film, you know. And yeah. This is this is what's playing. It's popular. I'll go see it. Right? Yeah. It's like if they miss the film, they don't care. Yeah. They're and you can always tell who those people are because if you see these films and then they're already leaving their seats to go, you know, leave the thing after the film is done. I'm like, hot rookie mistake. You should know there's always post credit scenes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I got things to do. <laughs> I don't have time for this. Yeah, I'm not exactly. going to sit like an extra five minutes. Yeah, so like, traffic is bad. You think I want to leave during that time? Well, I mean, like... You have a little kid there who's just like, no, no, you gotta stay, you gotta stay, you gotta stay. <laughs> I mean, technically, they post them all online. Like, you can just, if you're really, you can just go home and watch it. Like, <laughs> That's, like, that's what cries work, okay? Just, yeah, I mean, look up uh, that clip on YouTube. Yeah, it's a real... Yeah, well, it's, yeah. Real hard. Yeah, it's, it doesn't absorb the immersiveness of it, okay? Uh, yeah, so, you know what? Let's just talk about the plot of Avatar. I feel like we're just... Well, I mean... Ourselves away. We're just going off about things, but it's like... Like I said, the plot's the weakest point of the film. Yeah. 
Okay, I mean, I'll go over it as quickly as I can here because it's we'll, a three-hour we'll, film. We'll try to break it down as far as like uh, possible because I I feel like it's a dis mention it's a dishonor if we don't talk about like the actors involved in this too. No, yeah, we're gonna talk about the actors, but it's like the plot is like it's like break down the plot of like fucking like the third Lord of the Rings. It's like, well, half the film was a war. So like, what am I going to say? And then like, and then the guy rode in with all the ghosts now. And like, and then some other guy got, I don't think that's how it. They have the ghosts. That happened in the film. I know. It's just like, the way you make it seem is like, <laughs> I know that what happens, but like, damn, you didn't have to like break it down so easily, okay? There's, there's, there's a reason they go to the ghost, okay? Yeah, I'm not gonna explain the extended lore of like the fucking Lord of the Rings universe. <laughs> I don't have like ten hours of my life to go over this. Like, they, they jump on the eagles. Yeah, they didn't do that. <laughs> At the end, they did. Well, the hobbits did. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, beginning of the film. I mean, actually, you know what? Let's just talk about the actors first before I talk about the plot. Honestly. Yeah, let's just break it down. So we got Sam Worthington, who, uh, until this film, unknown actor, apparently was living out of his car before this film. So did Terminator Salvation come after this film? Uh, I think it was the same year, actually. Oh, okay. So let me take a look. Well, first of all, it's not in the top ten grossing films that year, so <laughs> sucks, sucks, suck. I guess, but <laughs> yeah, well, because I, I I remember Sam Worthington from like Terminator Salvation. Terminator Salvation. I don't know. That could have been like a 2010 film, maybe. 2012 came out in 2009. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. So weird to think about. That's when the world ended. <laughs> right, which is living the matrix. Yeah, Terminator Salvation was 2009, actually. Oh, so Jesus. Wait, it actually, <clears throat> it actually came out before Avatar. Yeah, so that's how I know Sam Worthington from. It came out like a few months before Avatar. Oh, okay. It came out in May. So. Oh yeah, no, that's how I know him personally as an actor. Like, oh, like Terminator Salvation guy. Well, up until like that year, he was pretty. <laughs> unknown so like mm -hmm. he had a good run for like a few years there i think with the films and then oh he did rap on titans remake yeah clash, like, of, clash of the titans something but rap is the second sequel clash of the titans he did some other things but he sort of like hasn't really done anything i guess as noteworthy yeah so sam worthington is fairly unknown actor you have Right now, very successful actor Zoe Zaldana. Mm, very successful. Very successful. So. She is literally in, like, so many franchises. If she, she's, like, literally, she is the sci-fi queen. If there was not that title to, you know, for horror, they have screen queens. Yeah. But, she, like, she's definitely sci-fi queen. Yeah, so if you've never heard of her, she's in Avatar, but see, she's in. The Guardians franchise. She's Star Trek. Star Trek. Will not be surprised if she gets a Star Wars role. She's appeared in three of the highest grossing films. Five highest grossing Oh, well, I mean. Yeah. So. Uh, 
Her breakthrough role was in Crossroads, really. What? Her breakthrough role was in Crossroads. Like the Britney Spears movie? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> breakthrough, yeah. She was in apparently Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, she was. Curse yes. of the Black, the third one. Yes, yes, she was. Uh, yeah, so she's been in some big, big films. Big films, big films. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. Sigourney which, Weaver. Who it's already, already goaded. We already talked about her in our Alien review. Yeah, no, if, she's goaded. No, Sigourney Weaver, yeah. And then um, Sam, what's the guy's name? Stephen Lang? Stephen Lang, not Sam Yeah, Lang. Stephen Lang. Oh, don't breathe uh, success afterwards. Yeah, he's yeah, he's probably like out of the main cast. He's probably one of the lesser known ones, I guess. Yeah, I always feel like whenever they want somebody to play like some like hard military man, they always think of a Stephen Lang. I always think like like I remember when they were like, oh, like how they're gonna cast Wolverine. Like Stephen Lang's name was like thrown across like a million times. Yeah, I mean, even watching the film, his character looks like generic, like, grizzled marine dude, right? Yeah. He's like, yeah. And he's short, too. Primarily short. Like, I'm going to say, like, he's, like, like, tall, tall. I mean, it's a little hard to grasp in this film because, like... <laughs> they're, like, 10 feet the, tall. The Navi are literally 10 feet tall people, so it's, like, anyone looks short. Is yeah. Yeah. Unless, like, even fucking, like, the mountain from Game of Thrones would look like a normal person. Like, yeah, in comparison, it's it's actually ridiculous. But Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of the cast, it's just, like, they all did a great job. Oh, Michelle Rodriguez, we forgot about her. Oh, yeah, out of uh, Fast and Furious success. Who, for a surprisingly small role in this film, is a very... I think she's pretty well known. She's been in a lot of mm-hmm. ac- more action related franchises. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's on the same sort of line as like um, Charlie Theron level of like um, you know respect in the action community. I guess mm. oddly enough, the both in Fast and Furious movies, yeah, so. where she's like the badass female character. Yeah, she gets that sort of. I guess Treatment. she she yeah she gets that sort of uh, typecasting. So yeah. Which, you know, I guess she likes to roll with it because she hasn't stopped making these films. So No, of course, man. So, but, uh, yeah, honestly, good cast. It's like I had no problem with any of the people in the film. Like, no, the acting was pretty good. Yeah. So, but then uh, once again, moving on to the actual plot of the film. So we got Sam Worthington's character, a.k.a. Jake Sully. Jake Sully or whatever his name is. Jake Sully. Sully. Yeah. Yeah. He plays a a vet who's in a wheelchair. Who so he's just going on about his life on Earth. It's like when yeah. he says vet, it's a veteran. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a vet, not a veterinarian. Yeah. So he's a ex marine vet vet a veteran, not a veterinarian. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> People confused that like, oh, I thought you were a vet. Yeah, a vet. <laughs> Not a veteran. <laughs> How'd you end up in that wheelchair? <laughs> this guy came in with a pit bull. Fucking <laughs> rabbit came, mauled my legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A kangaroo smacked my, my spine. <laughs> I was a vet for Joe Exotic back in the day. <laughs> I got mauled by a tiger, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So he's just kind of he's he's just living his life on Earth. You know, he's going like, I didn't choose this life. It just happened, you know. And then it's just like one day he gets approached by like some fucking goons or some 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 suits, I should say. From that. Is this like an early 2010s thing where they just like monologue whatever they feel? Like voiceover. They have like War Shack monologues. <laughs> just voiceover things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the voice, the voiceover in films has sort of died out. So yeah. If anyone's ever watched the movie adaptation, they do like a sort of meta moment where they're talking about like voiceovers in films. Yeah. While later doing a voiceover, <laughs> like. But it's like that's a whole other film. Yeah. But yeah, this is like the he's going on like, yeah, man, my life isn't uh, great or something. He's just kind of like living day to day, just starting shit for the sake of it, because I guess he's just bored with his life. He gets approached by some suits and be like, yeah, we need to talk about your brother. <laughs> Can we just talk about it? He threw his brother in like a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, okay, so when he's when he when he sees Chewbox, so like Jake is there to confirm the body of his uh, identical twin brother, and <clears throat> literally when you he's already dead, right? So you expect him to be in a casket or something like that, right? Yeah, that's a normal thing for humans to be put in there. No, literally, it looks like a fucking shoebox. <laughs> It's like a literal cardboard shoe box complete with like handles on the side. <laughs> and he's like covered in garbage bags. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, is this, this is my the funeral I can afford. Like, at this point, like, geez. And, you know, you think that they would just transport him like after to like an actual casket? No, they just shove that shit in the fucking like uh what what did they call it the cremation place yeah the cream the cream i don't know what the, the thing's called the, the oven the oven yeah <laughs> in the box oh like i get they're not gonna use like a fancy casket to just burn it but like <laughs> at least a box like it's just like a box like i mean right, like <laughs> like i'm pretty sure in like actual cremations they don't use like, any sort of box they just kind of like they shove the body in the oven yeah, I mean, like, why waste materials? So I'm like, but it's like, like if you're gonna put him in the casket, at least put it in like some wood or something. Like, yeah, just something that's easily flammable. I mean, cardboard's pretty. Oh uh, yeah, but like, I mean, wood is like associated with fucking fire. You know, you burn wood, it flames up. I kind of wonder if that was like, well, obviously it was James Cameron's a very deliberate choice, but it's more like a commentary on how. At this point, it's in the 22nd century, I think. Yeah. Where, like, Earth's depleted most of its resources, so they can't use, like, wood. So they have to use, like... Ah, makes sense. Like, recycled paper, essentially. Or, yeah. You know what? You're not wrong. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but it just looks funny. <laughs> yeah. The man's like, bury me like my Air Jordans over here. <laughs> fucking, like... <laughs> Uh, like yeah. yeah like it's it's very obviously a deliberate choice but yeah. it's like it's like so yeah they confirmed that and they're like oh yeah he was working he was a scientist and then he does the voice of like i didn't choose to be a scientist you know <laughs> that was my brother's choice and then they're talking about how he's part of some program on this other planet which they're working on called pandora so they fly him out over they do a time skip it's like six years it takes him to get there yeah, and he's just like they get there, and it's like it's kind of looks like 
Earth, I guess. Like, but it's only like jungle land, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. So they get there, and it's like beautiful. Once again, the visual <laughs> impact of this doesn't hit as much now because yeah, either I've seen it also or watching it on like a regular television. Yeah, not like the big screen in three D. Yeah, so it doesn't like you doesn't have the same like woof. Like when you see the thing, you're like, wow, it's uh, looks like uh, alien planet. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is uh, what is this after Earth? You know, <laughs> after Earth. Oh okay, God. No, it's a, it's a, that's a terrible film. It's a slight insult to James Cameron. James Cameron, don't add us. We love you. <laughs> but it's like, so he gets there and he finds out that uh, first of all, they get introduced to. I don't know who his actor was. They get some random side. Marine. They have this guy in all these action films. It's like the random, like, jackass Marine character who's just like, a fresh meat. You know, like, and fucking just... Just making soldier cliches. Just, like, hassles him for no particular reason. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, why? Like, and then he's just like, he's, for some reason, he's like more important than the other like random soldiers. Oh, he has like way more screen time. He has lines. He has screen time. Yeah, he literally has Bill Paxton lines from Aliens, essentially. And it's like, why do I, I don't even know this guy's name. Like, why do I care about this random dude? Fucking jarhead looking guy. It's like, okay. It's like, you got to shove this guy in, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, he gets there and he finds out that he's going to be part of the Avatar, the Avatar program, which mm-hmm. is there's an indigenous uh, species known as the Navi, uh, which are the tall, 10 foot tall blue people. So, yeah, so and it's like, yeah, they've created artificial like bodies of them. And he's they have like a neural link. And the reason they chose him is because his brother was part of it and they need someone similar like. Because like, they already built the body. They already built the body. Mm-hmm. They need someone similar to like link with like the nervous system or something. I kind of like how they sort of hand wave away all the scientific explanations because it's all explained from Jake's perspective. Yeah. And he's not a scientist. So they're like, yeah, it's something to do with the nervous system or something or other. And, you know, that's what they told me. So it's like they don't actually have to like go into detail about mm-hmm. anything because mm-hmm. it's like not a scientist explaining it. It's just like a, re- a re- an average dude. See, that is actually smart storytelling there or it's like they offer an explanation that sounds like pseudoscientific but it's like it could also just be like he doesn't know how this thing works at all like yeah no no but that's what i'm saying i think that's a good way of like explaining so much like knowledge and and then like breaking it down yeah it's like the opposite of the interstellar approach where like everyone in there is a scientist and so like they have to go like super technical on things and like explain like about like wormholes and like travel like faster than light travel and black holes and exactly. all that shit where it's like okay like i get it you're all scientists right yeah this is like i'm a regular dude i was like a marine back in the day i'm not a scientist i don't know what they're telling they're talking about like yeah. they explained it to me i don't really remember <laughs> yeah yeah no like Which, I don't, yeah i thought it was a good solution it's like it seemed more like realistic because it's like this guy doesn't know what they're talking about yeah like he doesn't even know what he didn't even know about this program until like earlier. Like, yeah, exactly. So yeah, they find all that. And they, then you get introduced to a couple characters. You get introduced to Sigourney Weaver's character, who is the head scientist, Grace. And she doesn't like him because it's like, I don't want to deal with this guy. He doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And then you get introduced to the uh, like general or 
what was I don't know what his rank is. Sorry. Which will we talking about Stephen Lang? Stephen Lang's He's character. a general. General Quaint, Quanch. Oh, Wayne H. Quaint. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, not a common name. Yeah. Who comes off as, you know, typical, like, you know, this place will eat you alive if you let it. You know, I'm out here to protect you. You got to watch your ass. Basically, the guy who sounds like, oh, he sounds like he's a great guy. Like, he offers things, but he's also just like a bully, like a veteran bully. Yeah. And then the other person you get introduced to is, I don't know, remember the actor's name for this, who plays the head of like the corporation running this? I don't know his name too, but I've seen him in films. Yeah, he's just a typical like asshole business guy who's like, you know, we got these savages don't understand, you know, we got they're in the way of business, you know? Yeah. And they go, they basically explain the reason they're there in the first place is to obtain this unobtainium which is generic or unobtainium is just like a sort of a meme in the science scientific and sci-fi community which is just like it's essentially like a MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. it's just like a scientific thing which like powers things through some sort of means that like you don't understand it's like mm-hmm. so it's like that's the reason they're there but the avatar program was created to sort of at least what they've stated was to blend with the natives and just like gain their trust so they can get the unobtainium from them, essentially. Also, his name is Giovanni Ribizzi. Giovanni Ribizzi. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Let's not get canceled here by assuming Italian accents. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I think I will say this. Italians along get like. Or like in top five people just doing terrible impressions of them all the time. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. so, so many people just do like, hey, it's me, you know, a spaghetti, you know, like just yeah. say like some very stereotypical thing. I'm like, are the Italians ever offended by this? Like <laughs> there's so many people out there just like doing the hand gestures and being like, hey, 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 you know, yeah, like, gabagool, you know, like, yeah. It's like they're up there with like the who does bad Indian impressions and bad like Chinese accents. Oh yeah, no, bad Briti- bad British accents. You know. Yeah, that's top five. That's golden in bad accents. People just everyone can do a terrible accent of all these things, and it's never correct. And yeah, it's always just like mildly offensive. Yeah, <laughs> if you actually think about it, it's just become accepted though. Honestly, but yeah, it's uh, back to the film. It's just. So you get introduced to all these characters and the motivation for it. So Jake's like, okay, I'm excited. You know, I get to have legs again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in all honesty, I would be excited too. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, I'm 10 feet tall now and I have legs? Yeah, so once he gets into the body, he's all first thing he's doing is like standing up. He's wiggling his toes. He's standing up. He leaves the, this test room against the wish. just starts like trying to run. And it's just like, oh. so he's excited. He gets to go in and they're like, okay, well, now that you're like part of the avatar, we're going to, you know, next day we're going to head out into the actual wilds, right? Yeah. So after that, they head into the wilds and it's just like, at this point, it's just like, they're all still sort of themselves, you know, they're all wearing clothes, like normal avatar size clothes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing I want to comment on is you never like 
it's what until you get to the point where you actually see a comparison between like the humans and the navi it's like you lose like your sense of scale is like wildly off like you don't realize how big these fucking people are like yeah like it's just like they're massive like yeah like i think i said when they're shooting like bows and arrows you're like oh what are they gonna do with a bow and arrow but like the the bow and arrow is the size of like a spear being shot through you like yeah it's like literally the size of your body like and uh, i i'm assuming they're very strong too well yeah i mean at one point <laughs> you see like the guys picking up dudes and throwing them with like one hand right yeah so it's like they're all like they're proportionally strong as well even though they're all really thin but it's like yeah they're all very strong well they're like 10 feet tall like of course like there has to be some like added muscles that they don't have yeah and they're like they live in the jungle and like they parkour through the jungle all the time <laughs> yeah so it's like they're they, they, they got their leg days <laughs> yeah every every day is like full body workout you know they're like, like hunting like with bows and arrows so yeah so yeah they go into the woods or the jungle and they're just doing research and then at one point, Jake just gets bored of scientists <laughs> talking about scientists. Yeah, shit, and he yeah. like just wanders off, encounters what looks like a hammerhead rhino, mm-hmm. and they're just like, "Okay, stand your ground." And he does, and it works, but not for the reasons he thinks. Behind him is like some—I thought it looked like a mouse. <laughs> it's like a rat, tiger, high panther hybrid. I don't know. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, what do you do now? And it's like, we'll fucking run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though he has a gun, an avatar-sized gun. So Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, he fucking runs. He ends up, his solution is just jump down into a waterfall. <laughs> which, I don't know, I guess it worked, so. Yeah, it's not going to chase him. No, it didn't chase him, so it worked. And then he ends up lost in the jungle, essentially. And they're looking for him. And this is where he meets up with, uh, what's her name? Natiri. as he's being attacked by Zoe Zaldana. Looks like, I think they're supposed to be like hyenas. I'm pretty sure that's the sound effect they used for them was actual hyenas. Oh, okay. I thought they were like fucking like dogs. No, I think they're supposed to be like hyenas. Oh, wolves. Yeah. Okay. I mean, hyenas are famously known as like pack animals. Also. Same as wolves. Yeah, sort of wolves, but I think the wolves are supposed to be, like, the bigger animals in the film. Mm, okay. But, yeah, or maybe they're supposed to be wolves, but I, the sounds they use were Any, Anything that looks like fucking, like, that comes in the pack, whatever it is. Yeah, and he's, like, trying to fight them off, and Natiri saves them, and... <laughs> Up at this point, we were watching it without subtitles, so they, they said some things. I didn't know what they said, but I assume it wasn't that important. Yeah, I uh, the way I had it uh, that we watched the format in and we didn't have any subtitles, so I didn't realize that was going to be such an issue. And then I forgot, oh, yeah, they talk a lot of native language here. Yeah, it's, I was like, it's been 13 years since I've seen this film. Was there supposed to be subtitles on this native language or was I supposed to, like, not understand it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be subtitles. I'm like, I don't remember, like, yeah, I remember being able to, like, understand them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It saves them and she's just like... She's like, you, they didn't need to die. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't understand. It's like, <laughs> that's right. You don't understand, essentially. Yeah. So she's just like upset at him for like being stupid, essentially. Pretty much. Or have like she likes to say you're a child. You're a child. You're ignorant. 
which I mean, he is doesn't know anything about their culture or or their language or anything. You can't blame him. I mean, you can't, but it's understandable. She does just like frustrated with this dude. Yeah. So she's kind of just ready to blow him off, but then he gets a sign where like a random looks like a air jellyfish sort yeah. of lands on him, and apparently that was a sign. Like now you all follow me, right? Mm-hmm. So she ends up following her back to the their village, which is called like the home tree, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why did you bring him here? And you're not supposed to bring these demons, the, the, the blue demons. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure they're aware, right? Yeah. Well, they are because they had a history with. Teaching. Yeah. They established earlier, Grace, mm-hmm. the head scientist, tried to teach them English. And yeah. then there was an incident, which they didn't mention at this point. That sort of drove them all away and ended like them the school, you know. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this. This isn't like um, <laughs> we're like, does this kind of like bad? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was just like she was just trying to teach them English. She wasn't. It was wasn't like a residential school situation. <laughs> God no. <laughs> she was very like respectful of their culture. She just wanted to like be like, oh, well, I want to teach you like our language so we can communicate, or you can communicate with our people, and we can communicate with your people, and so on. And so forth. yeah. There was like a very mutual agreement there. Yeah, they had mutual agreements. Yeah, because I think throughout the film it's shown that like the the Navi respect Grace and they like her. You know. Yeah. They don't have, they have no problems with her at all. Well, I mean, yeah, I can I can see how like that relationship could have like ended at first. Maybe that was the whole point is that to develop the relationship with between them. But maybe when the higher government people started realizing. Oh, they got resources like crazy. All right, well, fuck them then. Yeah, I mean, it's very, like we said, this is very similar to films in the past, like Pocahontas, Dances with Wolves, Lawrence of Arabia, Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. you know, where it's, you know, cultural clash of, you know, more technologically advanced civilization versus more indigenous civilizations or yeah. more tribal civilizations. And then, you know, one guy converts over to them and sort of like helps defend them or last samurai, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the plot is not original at all. No, it's been done not. like a lot of times. Yeah. So, like, I, I know, like, when we're describing Avatar, everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is literally Dance with the Wolves and Pocahontas and, and whatever else, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. I guess that raises a good question where do you think movies need to be insanely uh, original because like we're, we're living in 2022 it's kind of hard to say that a movie is original no i mean at this point like <laughs> almost any film is going to draw a comparison to other films you know it's not like i mean like we just watched joker right yeah, which people are saying was Taxi Driver, or King of Comedy. Or- exactly. But, like, everybody says that, but then I don't hear anybody disliking it because of that. I feel like Avatar gets that rep for, I Jesus, I don't know what reasons. I think it's just because it's... It, because it's like the highest grossing film. I don't know. I think it's also just because, like... Maybe it just wasn't like unique enough in the plot, right? Mm. Like they didn't do enough to make it its own thing, right? Mm. Which is, I think, why it draws the uh, the comparison or the criticism of being unoriginal in the plot, right? Mm. 
It's like you can do something that's similar, almost even the same, but like you have to sort of put your own sort of spin on it. It's like the same thing in music. Like everything has been done in different ways, like a million times, right? Yeah. You just have to find a way to put it together to make it your own, right? Mm. It's sort of like even like I think we're talking about like hip hop. Like you can make like how many songs have you heard which are just like, guys bragging about how many cars and women you got right like yeah what makes one of those songs better than another song right like yeah is it the beat is it the lyrics what is it like you have to distinguish yourself somehow and i don't i think this is why the plot is the weakest part of the film is it doesn't distinguish itself enough from those other films to make it mm. its own it's not it's not like uh well i mean Pocahontas just happened to come out before this, so yeah, and it came out around the same time as Dancers with Wolves, so mm-hmm. and like other things like Lawrence of Arabia was like based on the true actual like real life events, right? Mm-hmm. And was much different as well. Like even something like uh Princess Mononoke, Hayao Miyazaki was with the whole plot and the actual like use of like spirits and like things made it very unique to the time right Mm -hmm. this is just sort of like you it's it's sort of like an amalgamation of like all these things to the point where it's just like you can see all the influence of it but you can't see any of like james cameron's well i I like to say like um to your point that like i'm a star wars i'm a star wars lover right Anybody that says that Star Wars is unique is crazy because it's really not that unique. It borrows so heavily from so many genres. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. But, like, I guess, it, like I said, it just it's unique enough. that it can- Yeah, that it established itself as Star Wars. Like, it could borrow different ideas, you know, like fucking Jedis are literally samurais. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and um, forgetting the director's name who inspired a lot of old Japanese samurai films, but whatever, I'll I'll come up I'll come back to that. Um, Akira Kurosawa. Yes, Kurosawa. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of like Star Wars films are based on Kurosawa films. You yeah. know. Yeah, I mean it's the same with spaghetti westerns at the time. Spaghetti westerns as Our well. Just straight up ripoffs of Akira. Like, yeah, well, yeah, freaking like Han Solo dodging Greedo, like straight out of western. Yeah, exactly. But it's like the it has enough elements of its like its own, and it's in a put in a certain way that make it feel different and unique. Yeah, which again, I feel like that is. To me personally, I think that uh, that's something that James Cameron kind of missed because this is the same Saint James Cameron who like made the Terminator, basically made Terminator, made Aliens. So, you know. Yeah, and I felt like he, James Cameron gave so much uh, story into those films that it comes off unique. Yeah, same with Titanic, which we said was more like Romeo and Juliet, but it's like, does it like people criticize the plot of that because of that? No, not really. But it's mm-hmm. it's just this film is just like I think it's just because well let me just go back to the plot quickly because it's yeah. I'll just get past this part yeah. in the plot where he goes to the village and he get like they're like, Oh, you're not one of our people, and then the fucking 
the shaman of the tribe who's Natiri's mother comes up like, oh, I'll be the judge of that. And it's like, okay, yeah. Whatever our our deity, Awa, I think is the name, yeah. is determined like you'll become one of us. So you teach you the ways. And this is like, this is the part you said you're falling asleep where it leads to a literal like montage yeah. of him like learning the ways of the people. So it's like, you already have a plot which is borrowed from other things and then you combine it with like, a fairly long sequence, which is a mon- an actual montage, which mm-hmm. is another like cliche of films to like montage, like, oh, I'm integrating into the culture. You know, you've seen this in like a lot of films, like oh, I'm integrating the culture or like another type of film, which is like white person goes saves black school. You know, oh, I'm, I'm integrating into the co- like I'm learning their culture. You yeah. Know? Like now we have a montage sequence of that, you know. Yeah. So it's just like it's one el- cliche element combined with like another cliche element, like a series of cliche elements that leads people to be like, oh, this is not very original, you know? Yeah. If- and and like what you said, like to me, like when you said I was falling asleep, I even remember like when I was a fucking like what first time watching this in theaters, this is the part where I always fall asleep to because it's just it's not. In it, yeah, I'm looking at visual effects. It looks beautiful, you know. I'm not denying that, but like my mind is not there anymore. Like I'm just watching this guy integrating, and it's already it's it's like of course this guy's gonna fall in love with somebody. He's gonna fall in love with the people, the ways, and everything. You know, yeah, exactly. it has to have that cliche moment where like in the middle of all the montages, like who am I? And I was like, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like. I think that's why the the plot gets this so much like flack is just because it's so many cliche elements combined into one that it's 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 too noticeable, you know. Yeah. It's like it doesn't distinguish itself enough to like sort of distract you from the fact that you've seen this this you've re- you've seen this story before, you know. Yeah. So that's like that's really the problem. So like I literally can like go over the whole next hour of the film and just say it was a montage. You learn the ways of the people. He becomes more integrated with the culture. He falls in love with the girl, obviously. Yeah. And then, like, he's gotten to the point where it's, like, at some point he was, like, supposed to be reporting to the um, the general mm-hmm. to, like, explain, like, their defenses in case they needed to, like, Indeed. they said to use as leverage against him in negotiations, mm-hmm. which he was on board with originally because he's, like, I don't care about these random mm-hmm. blue people, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's just sort of like he's obviously against that now. And at this point, at one point, they like took him away from the base because they knew he was reporting to the sergeant or general. Sorry. And they're just like, yeah, okay, we can't we can't do this anymore. I got to go through the ceremony to become a man. Right. And all this. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then, fuck. <laughs> and then it gets to the point where he goes to the ceremony. I'm pretty sure they cut this scene out where they it's like a the sex scene. Okay, I don't believe they did because okay, like context I, here. We are watching the extended edition, so I know that our, uh, the original Avatar is roughly around like two hours and forty five minutes, and we got a three hour like in seven minute cut. Yeah, around cut. three hour ish. Yeah, so I think they just added like 15 minutes of dialogue, which I honestly think that majority of that stuff came from the montage aspect. Yeah. All the added stuff was the montage aspect, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the version differences. I didn't research it. Maybe I should have, but whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't I didn't I didn't research that either. I was like, I don't know what version we're watching. I'm just watching the film, right? Yeah. But yeah, uh, I mean, because I already don't remember this happening because I very explicitly remember reading an article about a cut scene, which was the sex scene, which people were speculating how this works because they have this thing called the bond, which is essentially they have a bunch of like nerve endings in their like their ponytails. Yeah. Which they can use to connect to other animals. Yeah. And they just like they become one with them. Right. Yeah. So what do you obviously what is that? Could you use that as a metaphor for? Oh, right. Oh, so do you think they have they don't have sex with the animals? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we did say the one scene was like he, there's a scene where it's like he has to like become part of a man. He has to like take over like uh, he has to be bond with like uh, these pterodactyl things. Yeah. Which I forget what they're called. And like then you get to like ride them around. Yeah. And then he, they're like, oh, how do you know which one is one? Like, oh, I'll try to kill you. So he has to like wrestle it. And then he's just like, he just, it's like quick, the bond. He just like sticks his tentacle into the other thing's tentacle. And, <laughs> and then it says like, yeah, you're mine now. I'm like, that doesn't seem consensual. <laughs> like, I don't, that's, a little, that's a little forceful. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's a little much, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, <laughs> this one was completely consensual because he's like, oh, I it's more like I think the original thing was more of a typical tribal thing where it's like, oh, now that you're a man, you get to choose the woman of your choosing, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I want the woman to also choose me, and which I found kind of weird. Well, first, I'm like, they mentioned in the beginning, like the next village chief, who's this guy who's just been a jackass to this dude. Mm-hmm. Another stereotypical. There's always the one dude who's like next in line to be head of whatever yeah and he's and he's like usually a jerk i don't accept you you're not one of us yeah. you know yeah. and then he comes around later you know it, yeah once again another cliche <laughs> of these things yeah 100 and then he's like he's next he's he's next to be married with this natiri and then she's like oh yeah okay well fuck this guy i'm going with this this quirky stranger you know yeah <laughs> He's won my heart, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they have sex, I guess, or mate or whatever they did, right? <laughs> yeah. They didn't really show a lot because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they're buying. Like, like they're just like, they, they, stick, they, they connect, they stick their things together. <laughs> yes. And since they're connected, you can literally fuck yourself, apparently. <laughs> if you, which I I thought was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What did they, what did they fuck though? <laughs> Like, I, d- I don't know. How do they connect it? Do they connect it to like... <laughs> I don't know. They didn't really go into detail about that, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> I just want to know if any of these navvies are just like, I don't need a woman. I need myself. <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like... So later they like wake up and then the fucking... The sacred grounds are on getting bulldozed all hell. Yeah. And they're like, Jake, wake up. I'm like, this is super inconvenient. Like, this man just keeps swapping in and out of bodies. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's like, they realize he wakes up eventually and it's like, oh shit, I got to stop this. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, he's a traitor, you know. And, and then they go back to his logs, be like, yeah, negotiations can't be done, you know. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. We're just going to attack them. Yeah. You know, negotiations have failed, you know. <laughs> yeah, just clearly there was no even a like small attempt to do it. They just gave zero fucks. 
Yeah, they're just like... In all honesty, they didn't even want a negotiation. These no, guys didn't want it. No, it definitely was implied that they were never going to actually negotiate. They just wanted information so they could be like, yeah. What is the line the guy said at one point? He's like, we're going to burn this so badly into the racial memory that won't go in like a thousand clicks of this place. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's actually kind of badass. <laughs> like, fuck. Like, he's going full on, like, scorched earth. Just like, fuck that. No, he went on full on anime villain. Yeah. I did want to talk about this briefly because I was thinking about it back to our last episode of like not having a nuanced villain, just a guy you can like generally dislike, mm-hmm. which I guess like the general's not entirely dis- like unlikable, but he's not like you never feel like he's a good guy. <laughs> like in the, not even from the beginning, you like you never feel like sympathy for him. You're just like, even when he's like propositioning the business, uh, the plan to uh, Jake about, yeah, we're going to get your legs back, you know, like, Oh yeah, we got that for you. Just do us this favor type of thing. It's like, mm, you, it's scummy. It's like in, in, in low key, I don't even think you're even going to give him the legs, man. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's it's fine to have a film where, like, the villain's just, like, a villain. Like, you don't need to yeah, have, like... true. You don't have, like, nuance, like, all oh, this guy's, like, fighting for Earth because, like, Earth ran over recent. No, he's just a jackass. Like, no, he's not exactly. doing it for noble reasons. He's just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that, like, fucking Polly was an ace in his military class. Like, you know, jerk in high school. Always been a jerk in high school. You know, and now he's at the level of position and authority that, you know, majority of these bullies like. And he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Even the guy who, the business guy is not even listening. He's not even listening to him anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the business guy, they try to, like, give a little bit of, like, sympathy to because he's, like, obviously a jackass. But, like, at one point, they're like, oh, we need to negotiate. And he's like, fine, you got one hour, right? Like, he's at least willing to attempt something yeah right. well he's even established when they were like arming up that like the he, scientist was telling them like oh like this is his show now this is the general show now yeah like, it, he's voted out of like whatever yeah like, the general is gonna be like yeah we're gonna go smoke him out and all this and he, you can tell he didn't look like comfortable with it right but yeah like he at the end of the day he's like okay just do it right like i just want to get this done right yeah but yeah it's fine like it's fine to have a villain that's just unlikable it makes To me, that is the most memorable part of him. It's literally Stephen Lang's portrayal of this guy. Yeah. And I know, like, in Avatar 2, they kind of use him as a villain. Like, what do you mean? Like, like, he's in the movie. He has a villain. I don't know how exactly that's, like, worked out. I don't know. But, like, it's... I know Stephen Lang is in the film. So that's why I'm like, oh, he's a perfect villain. He's a perfect antagonist for this film. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, like I said, it's it's fine to have an unlikable villain when you when they get the inevitable comeuppance. It's like satisfying in a way. You'd yeah, like, you're like, okay, good. They beat the bad guy, right? You know, it's a feel good moment. You know, that's mm-hmm. like, so yeah. After they things go wrong here. This is the most inconvenient scene because they keep like pulling him in and out of like the body and he just him and Grace and he just keeps collapsing. I'm like, bro, this happened like three times in the past like five minutes. Like, so it's just like they eventually get around to explaining to 
the Navi that the people are going to come attack their homeland. They got to get out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was I was the one who sent here to give them information. And they're like, how could you? Right. Mm-hmm. And they're all mad at him. And then he gets pulled out of the body again. And they fucking they imprison him. Yeah. So they go to attack the home tree. He manages to, like, break out. I guess, or he gets, he gets, he gets broken up by, um, or he doesn't get broken. Michelle Rodriguez. No, that's after. Sorry. Oh, okay. okay. This is just like, they give him the hour to do diplomacy. Oh yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, we're not going to trust you. So they like tie him up and shit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, that didn't work. So they fucking just burn down their tree. Fucking mm-hmm. the chief of the village dies. Mm-hmm. And then it's a big sad moment. And then they're fucking like, yep, yeah, let's go home. Michelle Rodriguez is the only one who doesn't participate. She's like, ah, I didn't sign up for this. Very cliche line, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, also you got the the generic goon going, get some, like full metal jacket. Just straight up a ripoff. <laughs> Out of the side of the plane going, get I'm some. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. It's such a like military cliche at that point. Which is also confusing because he wasn't firing the gun at all in that scene. Like... <laughs> You're just saying it, like, <laughs> and neither was Michelle Rodriguez, so like, yeah. he was just like hyped up, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. It's fucking U.S. Marine fanboy over here, the hype man. Ooh, <laughs> so he gets pulled out again from the fucking simulation, and they just leave his fucking yeah. collapsed body there because they're like, "We're done with you. You ruined everything." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So then he's just like. They break him. Michelle Rodriguez breaks him and likes the scientists out and they're escaping. Fucking Sigourney Weaver gets shot. And then it's like, ah, shit. But Sigourney Weaver's a badass. She's like, ah, it's not a problem. You know, it's fine. You know? Yeah. Okay. And then like she later like is succumbing to her wounds. So they re so they go back to like meeting up with the people and they go and he reconnects. He's like, okay, how do I regain their trust? And earlier on it's established. There's like this legendary, like, like I forgot. legendary Pokemon, <laughs> legendary Pokemon, yeah. the legendary mountain. It's a giant like flying sky. Moltres over there, <laughs> like Rathlos monster hunter yeah. looking pterodactyl shit. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like it's a little anticlimactic how he gets it because he's just like, oh yeah, this is the strongest apex predator, so it never will look up. So I'm just gonna jump on it from above. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and then me and you, we're laughing. We're crazy. We're la- I'm laughing so hard because it's like, fuck, man. Like, did nobody in the Navi, like, think about that? Or because they have so much honor and pride they didn't think that, like, oh, you know, I'm not going to sneak attack his ass. Here, fucking Jake gives no zero fucks. I don't think they have that much. They're literally... <laughs> hide in the forest and shoot people in like the bushes like they don't have like when hunting they're not gonna care about like sneak attacking this thing like they're not like oh i gotta defeat it in a one-on-one duel like <laughs> they're like whatever there's no one thought of that yeah like, clearly so it's like it's funny because we said it's like the quickest 180 he just like all these people don't like him right now yeah and then he just shows, rolls up in this, like, fucking dragon thing. And people are like, oh, my God, he's the chosen one, you know? <laughs> so I'm, like, dying laughter because, okay, I, I, I got to explain this. See, this is the equivalent of, like, Jake pulling up to the party and, like, he's driving a Lambo, basically. Like, he's driving the most exotic, strongest car of all time type of thing. 
And then everybody's looking at him like, oh my god, oh god, he's so like dang right. And if I get Naviri, Natiri, Natiri, sorry, Natiri is like, oh no, I was just so 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 scared, you know. I was so afraid. I didn't want to know what to do. But shut the fuck up. You let this guy to die like multiple times. No, she literally like screamed in his face, but like go away, never come back. Like, I don't. Literally, does like it shows up again. Door. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was so afraid. <laughs> oh my damn, bro. And not only that. Okay, Brandon, what's the what's the name of the tribal chief, the asshole again? Or not? Well, like. Uh, who's supposed to be marrying uh, Nateri. Uh, what was your name? Like, what was the guy's name? Like, Tate, Tate Took? I don't remember the exact name. Okay, that guy. So he was poised to marry Nateri, right? Here comes Jake. First of all, he already got, like, cocked by Jake because he already, like, stole his girl and, like, mated with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, slept with her. So now that he is the tribal chief now because he was poised in line, Men shows up Says, hey, I'm in charge now. <laughs> well, he doesn't exactly. He doesn't, no, he's, he's like, oh, you're the chief, right? But like, will you join me in the fight? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I guess. I, I guess so. <laughs> like, I'm like, God damn, this guy, Jake, has no chill. Man just takes your girl. And now I'm going to take your fucking clan and your people. I'm going to take your title. <laughs> and y'all gonna follow me, the traitor. <laughs> yep. Man has Giga Chad. Yeah, he's like, level he's, of like he's like, first is like, okay, you gotta save my friend or was Grace. So they already know her. So they try to do something where it's like transfer her consciousness <laughs> into like the avatar body. Yeah. Because it's explained earlier on the entire like all of like Pandora is connected through like a, neural, a network, like a neural network. Yeah. So like in theory, they and they've established that you can see like people's memories in the network. So mm -hmm. it's in theory you can transfer a consciousness to like another body. Yeah. It doesn't work because it's like it's like oh she was too far gone so she dies. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then also he continues being a giga chat. He's like, okay, I need you to translate for me. <laughs> So now you're my bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna go to all these other fucking clans, yeah, get them on my side, like, and they'll, you they'll translate fight. to They're them. They're like, oh yeah, don't tell them to fight with me. Like <laughs> the whatever the whatever his title was at the time, the legendary warrior, essentially. Yeah. So he, yeah, so he goes around to all of the clans of like you got the Earth Tribe and the Air Tribe and the the Water Tribe. <laughs> The earth try the earth, uh, so the airbenders, the firebenders, the waterbenders. Yeah, well, the firebenders are the the humans, right? Because the fire nation attacked, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Literally yeah. set their tree on fire. Yeah, they they did their souls in comment. I wonder if that actually was straight up like stolen from Avatar, <laughs> because it's way too coincidental. Literally, the fire nation attacked, and then all the other tribes are represented. They actually like early on they've established they don't like fire, right? Like yeah. he, like early on he's being attacked by the fucking wolves or whatever and he has the torch and then she just takes it and like throws it in the water. Yeah, that's like, true. And they never use fire after that. Yeah, that is true. So it's like literally the fire nation is evil. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, uh add, to add how Jake is such a giga chat, he still calls him my brother. <laughs> Damn bro. <laughs> 
Yeah. My brother, clearly, I, I don't see any love support right there, man. <laughs> yeah, so... Then there's, like, another montage here of them, like, gearing up with the tribes, and then the military people are like, oh, we're gonna go attack them before they attack us, sort of thing. We're gonna yeah. blow up their fucking sacred lands and everything. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah, America. Woo, you know, essentially. America. And then... Yeah. And they get into this, I mean, I can't really describe the scene. It's a big war scene. You know, if you've ever watched, like, if you ever watched this film, if you watch, like, a Lord of the Rings, like, the last two, not the first one, it's just a big, like, a very long scene of, like, a fight. Yeah. A big war scene. It's just because it's, like, spectacle of, like, action at I, this point. It's kind of hard to describe what happens because it's shit ton of explosions. Shit ton of explosions. People are doing things, you know. People are dying in, like, both sides. Yeah, fucking Michelle Rodriguez shows up and, like, she's painted her whole fucking gunship yeah. with the Navi colors. <laughs> yeah. Then she ends up dying and then fucking... Well, actually, that opens up the another cliche of, like, war films. It, or at least in these big battles, it's always the scene where they're always losing. There's always a moment where they always lose. Yeah, and then, like, some a literal deus ex machina happens. Yeah. Where, like, the fucking animals of Pandora come out and start, like, fighting back and, like, destroy all the troops, you know? Yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, like, let's say in Avengers Endgame when, like, Thanos is, like, breaking Cap's shield and then the deus ex machina is literally everybody showing up in portals. Everyone showed up in Poros. Lord of the Rings, the second one. The, the ghost. <laughs> that was the third one. Oh, yeah. The second, the second one was the riders. Gandalf. The riders of Rohan show up and, like, charge into the battlefield. Well, Gandalf, too. Yeah, Gandalf shows up and, yeah. like, the fucking... They break their defenses and it's yeah. like... It always happens, you know? Yeah. Once again, going back to cliches in films, so... And it's just like... And then, of course, they have the, the showdown at the end between the bad guy and, you know, the main character. They yeah. have to have, like, a one-on-one as well. Yeah, just to... 100%. And, yeah, you know, you can probably guess what happens during this. They win the war. Yeah. He beats the final bad guy. And, you know, if people die, like, fucking Michelle Rodriguez dies. Like, fucking, what's the guy's name? Sute, I think it is. I looked it up, yes. Yeah. Sute fucking dies and... Fucking ask Jake to put him out of his misery. Of course he does. <laughs> yes. Man was already suffering enough. Man steals your Jake. girl, steals your title, steals your tribe, steals your life. Like literally. You might as well just ask him to kill you at this point. He's done enough. <laughs> literally the Chad Jake versus the Virgin Sute. <laughs> yeah. Like literally because he stole his girl. So. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jake, man. He's a fucking boss. <laughs> yeah. The real the real villain of the film, Jake. <laughs> the true actual villain. <laughs> At least for this one guy. Brandon, I'm drinking. Don't make me laugh this hard. Well, that was your own fault. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And it all works out, you know, and they they tell all the fucking army people to go back to Earth, mm-hmm. which is a six-year-long journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then they, he's like, yeah, I'm going to just reincarnate myself into to like the my artificial body so he officially becomes like a Navi, and that's the end of the film, you know? Yep, the Avatar. Ah. <laughs> so, I mean, 
That's it. That's the plot. Man. That's it, man. Honestly, it, I it, I honestly skimmed over probably two hours of the whole damn film. Like the fucking montages, yeah. The montages, the war scene. It's like <laughs> it's not much to explain. Like no, no you've no. seen this film before, whether you know it or not. <laughs> exactly, one hundred percent. You know, and like it is a spectacle to see. In all means, like I would not. I I don't think I'm like we are giving disservice to anything. Like when it comes to like the montages or the war scenes, it's just in a podcast format where me and you are trying to describe the film at this point. That's as far as we can actually really describe it. Yeah, I mean, it's a visual spectacle. You can't just describe it like you have to see it. Yeah, exactly. So I do think Avatar is a movie to be... If nobody's ever watched Avatar, I do think it's a film that needs to be seen. Or sure, not needs to be seen. Sorry, it should be seen. Yeah, I mean, it is it is it is a <clears throat> spectacle. It is you know, entertaining, but I don't know. It's like I wouldn't like I think I'd agree with a lot of people. It's it the cultural impact of this film just isn't there unfortunately. Mhm. Like, even back in the day after I watched the film, like, a year later, I'm just, like, thinking about it. I'm like, this film's kind of comes off as kind of generic, unfortunately, just mm. simply due to the what we said, the, the combination of cliches and the plot, you know, it just doesn't distinguish itself enough, like, at least in that aspect of it, to make it, you know, stand out. So. Yeah. Okay, no, that's your opinion, man. That's my opinion. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think that personally, this is one of those movies where it should be watched in terms of how visual effects could be shown as an example of how visual effects get it right properly. You know, I just feel like there's so many films that don't do the visual effects industry that well compared to this film and is that a little bit unfair to say because considering that like avatar had like probably the longest like pre-production yeah or like, or even post-production wise yeah it was like four years to get it done exactly also and, it had like the highest budget of any film at the time right exactly so it, it, i i like to say it's a little bit unfair compared to how other movies uh, make uh, we talked about how visual effects nowadays, like for these big template films, are like rushed now. While Avatar had like a great head start with just like producing and making, like in post production, making these things. So I don't know. I just still feel like this is when visual effects do it right, and that's why I do think that this film should be watched. For people to see how it should be done, you know? Yeah. Same thing I'm going to put for other James Cameron films, you know? Like, Titanic is, again, a, a visual masterpiece. Yeah, and that's a historical <laughs> drama, which is saying a lot about the visual effects then. Yeah, exactly. It's and not it, like a action film. like. <laughs> yeah, and if you really want to pinpoint strong CG, even from moments in, like T2. Yeah, like the what the... The T the T one thousand is it? No, it's not T one thousand. 
It is a T1000. Oh, it's T1000. Because it was a T800, right? Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, with the liquid metal thing. Yeah, like those effects still hold up. And that movie was from like the early 90s. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still like, yeah, can you tell it's CG? Like CG? Yeah, obviously. But it's like, it's still like a cool effect, cool idea. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I feel like whenever there is visual effects and there's James Cameron, it's always going to be top-notch because of that director. So I do think that it is a film to be watched. Do I think plot-wise is generic? 100% it is. Yeah. Like, we're laughing, we're, we think it's all cliches and whatnot. Um, but I still do think that it's a film to be watched. So I'm going to give it... Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, personally for me, I'm giving it a seven okay just because i i've never like even i've only seen this film twice once today and then once when it came out and it's like i never felt the need to come back to it but Mm -hmm. like we said just from a visual spectacle alone it is extremely well made like all james cameron films but it's just like i'm not really drawn to watch it again you know Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because it's also three hour film yeah, stuff. But it's like it's a it's better than average film. It's not bad. Like I'm not gonna I'm not saying it's a shit film by any chance. Yeah. Even though it's like I keep sounding like I'm shitting on the plot of it. Yeah. But it's just it is a film. Like you watch it. Like at least watch it one time. Like yeah, give it a watch one time and then you yeah. know that's no, it. I agree with that. Give it a watch one time if you've not seen it. Just so to say that you've seen Avatar, you've seen the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, just give it all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of things you should like. It sounds like I'm I don't want to sound like a hipster here. Be like, oh, you should only check out things that aren't mainstream. No, you should check out things that are mainstream, honestly, 100%. just to see what the fuss is about. Like you like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. Right? Yeah. But it's like there's a reason this film was so successful. And it, the fact that it is so successful basically on, like, a visual aspect mainly just mm-hmm. goes to show how well made it was. So, and yeah. so that's why I'm giving it a 7, not, a, not an 8, because it's like, mm-hmm. me personally, I tend to focus more on, like, the plot characters of things. Fair enough. Make things more interesting for me. Fair but enough. But, like, the fact that you can give it a 7 on, like, everything else alone is yeah. just shows how well done it was, I yeah. think. So. I also like to say that, like, we know that it's the highest grossing film. Technically, Avengers Endgame should have been the highest grossing film of all time. Yeah, but it's got re- recently released in China. Yeah, because James Cameron is such a petty asshole, man. <laughs> He's so petty. It's recently got released in China, and it retook its, in like, in 2021, it yeah. retook the, the claim of being highest grossing film of all yeah. time. No, like James Cameron is such an asshole. He sees a comic book because he like notoriously hates comic book films. Yeah, and I'm like, he's like, he sees like, oh, something beat my movie. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking re-release this again, and I'm gonna re-release it again. Yeah, so I mean, is it a fair comparison? Avengers Endgame has been out for like four years. This has been out for like thirteen. So yeah, who knows what's gonna happen in the future? But. Oh, yeah. As it currently stands. Yeah, like, fucking uh, Avengers Endgame's gonna re-release again. 
for some reason. And people are going to watch it. <laughs> as long as we get the re-release of Morbius again. <laughs> the true. Can't believe that actually happened. That's so funny. Against <laughs> the memes. Yeah, for the memes. That's like the first time I've ever seen a film being re-released because of the memes. <laughs> it's Morbin time. <laughs> it's Morbin. Yeah, when Jake Sully got on the on, on the got out of his wheelchair, said Morbin. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's Avatar time. <laughs> He can't even make it a joke. It doesn't work. It's Navi time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's our review for Avatar. I'm surprised that we kept it under two hours, but uh, we did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think most of our thing was talking about the actual technical aspects of the film. rather than Which the- I feel like should be always uh, because, yeah, plotted. Mean, yeah, exactly. So. There you go. That's the review. Yeah, I have nothing else to say about this. I'm just glad I'm fucking done with talking about Avatar until the way of the water. The way of the water. Yeah, the way of the water. The way of all water, but I'm just making it a bit more. The shape of water. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think the Navis are fucking fishes, okay? I mean... I don't know that. I mean, I mean, uh, in way of water. Sorry, it's the shape of water. She does fuck the fish. So, is that really different? Like, just because it's not humanoid, it is humanoid. Yeah, right? yeah. Is that different than like having sex with a ten foot tall blue alien, like you know, a <laughs> fake body? Like, <laughs> is that really? Is that we're really gonna? Yeah, but this is a girl, man. Like how? Like this? Like how does he fuck? Look, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not staring at a fish's dick, so <laughs> to to contemplate how, how that's how that's happening. <laughs> yeah, people at home, go go do your research if you want on that. So. Yeah, go. Yeah, tell me how in in, in the shape of water how the fish fucks the the female. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> give me give me accurate details. <laughs> Yeah, sure. There's something online that explains it. But. <laughs> Look, it's the gills, man. You gotta play with the gills. <laughs> oh god! It's like that Futurama episode. He gets married to a mermaid. Is it the top side or the bottom side, mermaid? Uh, no. It was um, she would release her eggs, and he would fertilize it with his like fertilizing fluid. You know, after she released her egg sacks. Anyway, that was a review. Anyways, this is a review of Avatar. Take care, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs)